Okay, so just to quickly run through from the end of Tachlamid Aleph Amid Beis by the Gemara, the Mishnah talked about a case where you have three brothers married to three separate women. Hey, some three brothers married to three separate women. Uh, Reuven Shimon Levi, Reuven dies, and then Reuven's widow should do Yibam with Shimon, and instead of doing Yibam, he does Mimer, and then he passes away. So this is the Mishnah from yesterday. So the Mishnah says, so now Shimon dies, so Shimon has his widow. And he's got Ruvain's widow that he did Mimer to. So the question is, what do you do? So the Mishnah says, you do Chalitza. Chalitza to both. Um, Rav Shimon held that you could do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other. But the Rabbanah say you do, Yibam to, uh, you do Chalitza to both. Why? What's the problem? Why can't you do Yibam to both? The answer is because this woman is connected to two houses. She's kind of, she's Ruvain's widow, but she's kind of Shimon's wife also, because if Shimon did Yibam, then she would be entirely Shimon's wife. But because Shimon did Maimer, so she's Ruvain's wife and Shimon's wife at the same time, so she's connected to both houses. And there's a special passage, Yivama Yavayelah, says the Gemara. The Mishnah said, Yivama Yavayelah, Mishalah, Zikas Yavmecha, Vilayishalah, Zikas Shnei That you don't do Yibam in such a case, therefore you only do Chalitza. Now the Gemara says like this, the Gemara says, I'll just run through the quickly the end of the Gemara. Vizikas Bez Yivam Deraisa Chalitza Namilati Boy. The pasuk exempts such a woman. If for whatever reason the Torah feels that such a woman shouldn't do yibam, then she doesn't have to do chalitza either. Usually, if you're an erva, you're an erva. Meaning, if the Torah is treating her as an erva, that because she's bound to two houses, she's an erva. So then, shouldn't that exempt her from both? So the Gemara says, The truth is, the way Rashi explains, when you do maimer to a woman, it's nothing. The truth is, Maker Adin on a biblical level, she is Ruvain's widow. So really. When Shimon dies, there's Reuven's widow and there's Shimon's widow. And on a biblical level, you should be able to do Yibam to both. Tiona. You should be able to do Yibam to both. So how come you do Chalitza to both? So says the Gemara, The reason why we don't allow you to do Yibam to both. Really, Mikradin, you should be able to do Yibam to both. Because it's Reuven's widow and Shimon's widow. And they're not sisters. You should be able to do Yibam to both. But the reason why we don't allow you to do Yibam to both is because optically it looks like they're both Shimon's wife. Because Shimon did Maimer, people's minds, it's Shimon had two wives. And if people hear that you did Yibam to both, people are like, oh, I guess, I guess you could do Yibam to two co-wives. All right. and, and we don't want that mistake to happen. So then the Gemara says, okay, I get that you can't do Yibam to both. Then why do you have to do Chalitza to both? Do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other. Because Mikar then you should do Yibam to both. So I get why you can't do Yibam to both, because it looks like you're doing Yibam to two co-wives. I get that. It's not a good optic. So do Yibam to one and to Chalitza to the other. So the Gemara says, So the answer is, On the next page, The reason why we don't want you to do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other is because people are going to say that two co-wives, you could do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other. We all know the halacha. Once you do Yibam to one, you're exempt. So we don't want people to think that you do Yibam to one and Chalitza to another co-wife. So the Gemara says, why is that such a bad thing for them to think? Okay, like you have two co-wives, yeah? You do Yibam to one, so technically the co-wife is exempt. You choose to do Chalitza to her. Is that such a big deal? You take off the shoe and she sticks off the shoe, spits on the floor. What's the big deal? So you're not allowing me to do Yibam because... Yibam to one chalitza to the other because people are going to say that two co-wives you can do yibam to one chalitza to the other. So what's the big deal? So do yibam to one chalitza to the other. What's the, what's, the, what's the big deal? So it's an unnecessary chalitza. So the Gemara says, no, this is what we're afraid of. 
we're afraid that if you do yibum to one co-wife and then chalitza, it's not the end of the world because you're just doing an unnecessary chalitza. But you know it's really bad. You do chalitza to one co-wife, then you do yibum to the other co-wife. Once you do chalitza to one co-wife, exempts all of them, and there's a special lav deiraisa not to marry her or her co-wife. So what we're afraid of if you do yibum and chalitza to this this in this situation, people are going to start doing yibum and chalitza to two co-wives. What's the big deal? It's not a big deal if they do yibum first then chalitza, but if they do chalitza first then yibum, that's not a big deal. The Gemara says, Once you do chalitza to one co-wife, there is an iser da'iraisa to doing yibum to her or to her co-wife. So we're afraid that you're going to do chalitza to one and then yibum to the other. And that's not allowed. Okay. New topic. As we got to yesterday, new topic. See, in this case, Shimon dies. You have Shimon's wife, and you have Reuven's widow that Shimon did Maimer to. Once Shimon did Maimer, because he did Maimer, it kind of made her connected to both. You can't do Yibam anymore. What if after doing Maimer, Shimon then gave her a get? The halacha is that when Shimon gives her a get, it cancels the Maimer, allowing Shimon's actual wife to do Yibam. Meaning, because he did Maimer, we're saying in the Mishnah that his wife and the woman who he did Maimer to, you can't, you can't do Yibam, you have to do Chalitza to both. But if you were to give a get to the Maimer, that would cancel the Maimer. Rendering Shimon's wife, Shimon's wife. And she's no longer bound to the co-wife, and, and it's like, you know, it's like you went back in time. Undid the Maimer, so you could do Yibam to Shimon's, Shimon's actual wife. What about the woman who you did Maimer to and then you gave a get? Could she also have Yibam happen to her? Again, Reuven dies, Shimon does Maimer, then he does a get. Then Shimon dies. So now falling to Levi is you have Shimon's wife, and you have Reuven's widow that Shimon did Maimer, then it gave a get. So the halacha is, you could do Yibam to Shimon's wife, but not to that woman. Why? So the Gemara, The halacha is, in general, when a woman falls, you do Yibam, you're supposed to do Yibam or Chalitza. Right? Let's say instead of that, you just gave her a get. I don't know, whatever reason. The halacha is, once you give her a get, you're rabbinically not allowed to marry her anymore. So the reason why in this case, when you give a get to cancel the Maimer, we won't allow that woman to do Yibam is because people are going to hear that Yibam happened to her after the get, and they're going to think that that's allowed. Not realizing that in this case, the get was to negate the Maimer. It wasn't just starting with a get. But people aren't going to know the difference, and therefore they're going to think that you're allowed to do Yibam in that case, and therefore we're afraid. We're not going to allow it. That's Rava's take. But Igadamri, some have a different version of Rava, that Amarava, Nasan, Get Lamamare, Hutrafiluhi, My Time, Madavim Bashalaka. And some say, no, when you give a get to the woman who did Maimer to, you could do Yibam to both. Because the Maimer is completely negated, and it's not comparable to other cases with a get, because this get is to cancel the Maimer. And people know that. And therefore, you could do Yibam to both Reuven's widow and Shimon's wife. Okay. New topic. Now, this Mishnah, the first few lines, it's not tricky, but after that is a lot easier. Um, the Mishnah says like this. We've already had this Mishnah. The Mishnah is dealing with a situation where there was a moment of time you couldn't do Yibam to the woman, and then you could. So do we say that it's allowed? That, that's that's the, the mission is dealing with. Let's see the mission said. Easy case. Two brothers married to two sisters. One brother dies. So could he do Yibam? No. It's his wife's sister. What if his wife dies? Then he could technically marry her now. Right? So you have Reuben and Shimon. Married to Rachel Leah. Reuben dies. So Rachel goes to Shimon and says, Can we do Yibam? And Shimon says, No, you're my wife's sister. Then Leah dies. So now she says, Well, how about now? So the halacha is, You're not allowed to do Yibam. Why? 
because there was a moment in time where it was forbidden, it remains forbidden forever. We've already had this mission before. So the Gemara says, We've already had this case. Fine. Now here's the Gemara's kasha. Let me explain outside, that we'll see it inside. The Gemara's kasha is that if you remember that Lamed, Lamed, Ahmed Aleph, had four Mishnayas. All cases of three brothers, two of them married to two sisters. One of the cases, uh, it was a little bit complicated, but one of the cases was that you had, it was Shloy Shachim, it was three brothers, two of them married two sisters. One of them was married to a random, fine. One of the sisters, one of the, 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 the Reuven who was married to a sister died. Okay, so now Rachel has two brother-in-laws. So she turns to Shimon, she says, can I marry you? He says, no, I'm married to your wife's sister. She, okay, so she does Yibam to Levi. Then Shimon's wife dies. Then Levi dies. So the halacha was, Shimon can never marry her. Why? I, right now, his wife is dead. The answer is, but the first time she fell to Yibam, he couldn't marry her. So it's very, very similar to this case, but in a way, it's a bigger chiddush. Why? Because over there, she actually married someone else in between. So you could look at it as it sort of restarts the clock. So the Gemara wants to know, once you had that mission, Daflamid, well, what's this mission for? This mission is completely unnecessary. So the Gemara says, Pshita, Hashtu ma'hasam d'loi midcham ha'hai beis l'gamri omer t'loi, hachada midcham ha'hai beis l'gamri l'kolshke, and over there she could actually do yibam. She ended up doing yibam to Levi. And over there it's still a problem. And we don't say that Levi restarts the clock. Then over here, where it was just two brothers, of course it's not allowed. So what, what's the, what's the, you know, what's the chiddush of this Mishnah? So you know what the answer is? The Chiddush of this Mishnah is nothing. There is no Chiddush of this Mishnah. This Mishnah was originally recorded first. And it was going to be a build-up. But when Ravid Anasi wrote the Mishnayis, he liked the Chiddush, so he put that one first. But the truth is, this one was recorded first. And it was supposed to be a build-up. But you reverse the order, so it seems unnecessary. It's not unnecessary the way it's printed now, but it wasn't originally. Is this the same one as Daflamit? Yeah, we had the same answer in Daflamit. Exactly. Exactly. The second Mishnah also. The Gemara says... Tana ha tana beresha. Really, this Mishnah was first. Vachazi leter vishari vadechazli sura. Vaidechavivale, but because Rav Yudanasi liked the Mishnah of Lamid, even though it was supposed to be recorded afterwards, because it's a Chiddush, Achtame, Yumishal Yazam Akaiva. Therefore, he kept it in. But you're right. The way the Rav Yudanasi recorded these Mishnahis, it's, it's taka and not necessary. Okay. So, a new topic from here until the end. It's actually a very fascinating topic, and that is called an Isser, Isser Chalal Isser, which means. You have a woman who has two isurim, and you live with her. How many isurim were you over? So let's see it inside. Turn around, Baaleha. So you have this this sister-in-law, right? So you have this woman who's your wife's sister, and she's your sister-in-law. So Reuben and Shimon, yeah. Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters. Reuben dies. Shimon is not allowed to do yibum because it's his wife's sister. What if he does? He does. So it's his sister-in-law. That he's not allowed to marry because there's no mitzvah yibum, and it's his wife's sister. He does the avera. How many isurim is he over? Meaning, it's negaya. Uh, which death penalty to give him? It's negaya. Uh, how many karbanas he has to bring? Uh, how many isurim is he over? So the Gemara says, Rav Yosi says yichayv for both. Meaning, both isurim are chal al her. Isur chal al isur. Okay, so she's both your wife's sister and your sister-in-law. So if you live with her, you have your two Yisurim. says, no, you're only Chayiv for Eshesach, meaning your sister-in-law. 
You only chayev for your sister-in-law. Now the Gemara explains. Now the, here's the problem. But what, what's Rav Shimon's rationale? So I'll say it outside. We'll see it inside. That Rav Shimon's rationale. Why are you sister-in-law? Maybe a wife's sister. Like he picks one. He holds that enes achalasi. You can't have two yisurim fall on each other. So why does he pick one over the other? The answer is Rav Shimon always goes with the first. So this woman could be your sister-in-law first and then your wife's sister. Or she could be your wife's sister and then your sister-in-law. It just depends on who got married. Meaning, if your brother marries her first, she's your sister-in-law. Then you marry her sister, and she's your wife's sister. If you marry her, if you marry your wife first, then she's first your wife's sister. Then your brother marries her, then she's your sister-in-law. So it just depends on which one comes first. Shimon's viewpoint is... Can you go is, through that one more time? Which one? Like just, just now, I just... Just lost track. I just lost track. It's, it's very simple. She's your sister-in-law and your wife's sister. Rav Shimon's viewpoint is she will be treated by whichever Avera came first. Her status can either be your wife's sister first or your sister-in-law first. It just depends on who married her. Meaning... She's your daughter first and then your brother marries her. Yeah, exactly. Meaning, meaning uh, in this case, just because the, the Gemara's case, she's your sister-in-law... And she's also your wife's sister. Now, which one came first? So it depends. If you married your wife first and she was single, then she starts off as your sister, as your wife's sister, because she's not your sister-in-law because she's single. Then your brother marries her. Now she's your sister-in-law. Afterwards, or if your brother marries her first and you're single, then she starts off as your sister-in-law. Then you marry her sister. Now she's your wife's sister. It just depends on which one came first. Oh, I see what you, I see what you So the I Gemara says, so when Rav Shimon says that you're Chayiv Meshum, your sister-in-law, it's Lavdafka, it just means whichever came first. The Gemara explains, I, um, V'atani Rav Shimon O'yimer Eine Chayiv Meshum Achos Yisha V'lvad, like Kasha, Kansha Nasachai V'achach Knesanes, Kasha Nasanes V'achach Knesachai. It just depends on which one came first. Whichever came first. Rav Shimon believes there's no Yisrochal, it's just whichever one came first. Why is that Kasha? Let's say the case is where the first thing that happened was she was first your sister-in-law, meaning your brother marries her and you're single. Then you marry her sister. According to Shimon, what's the Avera with her? She's your sister-in-law. So if she's your sister-in-law, why can't she do Yivum? But according to Shimon, she's only there's no Isr Chal Isr. So the only Isr that exists is your sister-in-law. If your sister-in-law is the only Isr that exists, that's waived in a case of Yibam. So why can't you do Yibam on two sisters if if that was happened? So the Gemara is going to answer very obviously, which I think is what we're all thinking, is that the second you want to do Yibam, and we would potentially waive that Isr, then the Isr of the, sis, the wife's sister would fall. Meaning Shimon believes that it's like... Lahavdil <laughs> Elif... Anyone who's played Mario knows that when you're big and you eat a mushroom, the mushroom is hovering on top. The second you get small, the mushroom falls. That's what it is. So she's she starts off as your sister-in-law. You want to waive that iser for Yivam, then then your wife's sister will automatically fall. So you're not she's never going to be two Yisurim at once, but the second one iser is removed, the other one will fall automatically. That's why you'll never be allowed to do Yivam. The Gemara just speaks it out. The Gemara says, um, Ravashi, The Isser of your sister-in-law is hovering. It's not that Rav Shimon says you're only one over the other. It's that there's one Isser and then the other Isser is hovering above. Kivan ipaka, and if we were to remove one Isser, which is what you want us to do to allow her to do Yibam, then the Isser of your sister-in-law will just fall automatically. 
And therefore, there's no reason for us to remove it. Okay. Oh, because that's that's probably what it means, though. That's what it means. What it's mitl talivikoy. That's what it means. That it's there. It's just not practical until it needs to be practical. Now the cash is like this, and this is. And by the way, once we get to about five or six lines in the Gemara, it's straight. I'll be able to read in about three minutes. It's just the same Gemara repeating itself. It's actually very interesting. The cash is like this. Rav Yaisi feels that iser is chalal iser, right? Because Rav Yaisi said that if you live with this woman who's your sister-in-law and your wife's sister, you chayev too. Which means we have Isurim falling on each other. The problem is that's not what Rav Yossi holds. Rav Yossi holds in Isachalizer. As we're going to prove in a moment, right? Right now, we just said that according to Rav Yossi, if you live with her, she's your sister in law and your wife's sister. And you chayef for both, which means Isser falls on Isser, that you could have two Isurim at the same time. The problem is Rav Yossi's Shita in uh, Krisus is that in Isachalizer, that Isurim are not on each other. So how do you reconcile that? So the Gemara says, the Savar of Yaisi Isachal Iser, Rav Yaisi actually holds that Iser falls on each other. It's not true. Vatanya, you, you lived with a woman that has two names to her, right? She's your sister-in-law and your wife's sister. Or in this case, by the way, this case, it's your mother-in-law and she's a married woman. By the way, she could be your mother-in-law not a married woman also. She could be divorced. Or because she could be a married woman no, she can't be a married woman, not your mother-in-law, but, but she could, you know what I mean? So she could be your mother-in-law and not a married woman. You live with your mother-in-law who's also a married woman. The punishment for mother-in-law and married woman are different misas. Mother-in-law, I believe, is Sreifa. Uh, um, um, married woman is, is I think it's Herag or is it Um, um Eish is Chenek. So you have Chenek and you got mother-in-law, which is Sreifa. You lived with her, she's both. Which punishment do you get? So Rav Yossi, we just got finished saying is you, you both. So you should get the worst one. But it's not Rav Yossi Shita. Rav Yossi Shita is whichever came first. Oh, so the Gemara says, The Tanakhama says, you get the worst punishment. So if you live with a married woman who's also your mother-in-law, you get Sarefa. But that's not the shita of Rav Yaisi. Rav Yaisi disagrees because Rav Yaisi holds ain iser chalal iser. Rav Yaisi holds that there's no iser that's chal on another iser, which means so which 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 punishment do you get? You get the first one. You get whichever the first one is. Meaning, if she's your mother-in-law first and then she's a married woman, then you get the mother-in-law. If she's a married woman and then the mother-in-law, you get the married woman. Whichever avera came first. I'm very used to it, by the way. Oh, I'm. I'm, I'm Add nine of them. That's my day. <laughs> um, so the Gemara says like this: Whichever is first, meaning if she was first a married woman and then she became your mother-in-law, so then the halacha is she's a married woman and you get the you get chanek. If she was mother-in-law first and then she became a married woman, meaning when you married the daughter, she was single and then she married, she got married, so then she's the mother-in-law. Meaning the point is, if Yaisi holds anus or obviously, and you just go with you go with whichever came first. So how do you reconcile that too? So the Gemara says, So how do you reconcile the two? Go to the next page. So does Rav Yaisi hold Isachalis or not? So we have contradictions. So the Gemara says, you know what the answer is? Am Ravavo, Maida Rav Yaisi be Isser You know what the answer is? 
Does Rabbi Yossi hold Isser Chalal Isser? The answer is it depends. Meaning, what does it depend on? It depends on whether the Avera adds. What I mean is like this. If you're a mother-in-law, you're single, but you're a mother-in-law, how many people are you prohibited to? Three? However many son-in-laws there are. Three? Four? Once you become a married woman, if you were to look at the like graph of who she is now usher to, it's, it's everyone. That's called an Isser Moisif. The first Isser of Chamoso was limited. The second Isser is Mosif. It adds more people. Some, so the question is, does Rav Yossi believe Isser Chal The answer is, it depends. He'll take Isser Chal if the second Isser adds more people. If the second Isser is not adding more people, I'll give you an example. If you're a married woman, so you're usher to the entire world, and then you become a mother-in-law also, that's nothing. Why? Because who are you adding? You were already usher to everyone. So the second Isser was not an Isser Moisif. So the answer is, Rav Yossi believes Isser Chalal Isser when the second Isser is an Isser Moisif. Now, let's go to our context. In our context, Rav Yossi felt that if you live with her, she's your sister-in-law and your wife's sister, you're high of both. Now, sister-in-law and wife's sister, it depends which one came first for it to be an Isser Moisif. I'll give you an example. Um, let's see it inside. The Gemara says, Okay, if you married your wife first, so she starts off as your wife's sister, how many people is she usher to? When you're a wife's sister, how many people are you usher to? Just one guy. When you become uh, your sister-in-law, she's now usher to the entire family. Also, she becomes an Eshesish, but she's now usher to the entire family. So the sister-in-law is an Isser Moisif as opposed to a wife's sister. A wife's sister is limited to only me, right? When you marry someone, the woman, as a single woman, she's only usher to one person, and that's you, because she's your wife's sister, just the one who's married to the sister. When she then becomes a sister-in-law, she's now usher to all of the brothers. So if she's wife's sister, then sister-in-law, it makes sense. Because wife sister is a limited iser, sister in law is a broader. It's not very broad, but it's broader. The reverse case, though, where she starts off as your sister in law, she's already also to the entire mishpacha. Then she becomes your wife's sister, does nothing. So the kasha is we're saying that Rav Yaisi starts off by saying that if you live with a married woman who's a sister in law and a wife's sister, you're chayiv too, and it doesn't matter which one comes first. The kash is, what do you mean? Isser chal iser. I thought Rav Yossi doesn't hold of Isser chal iser. The answer is he does if the second Isser is broader. But then back to our question, which is in the case where she starts off as your sister-in-law and then she becomes your wife's sister, it's not a broader Isser. So why does he hold your chayiv too in that case? So the Gemara says, but if she starts off as your sister-in-law, she's already also to the entire mishpacha. And then... You marry the sister, so now she's your wife's sister. My iser moisefika. Then why is that iser chal iser? It doesn't add anything. So Gemara says, and don't tell me. You know why the wife's sister is an iser koylos? Because when you marry the sister, you're usher to all the sisters. But that doesn't help her from her perspective. Her iser does not change. Meaning, she started off as, as your sister-in-law. She's already usher to all the male members of the family. Now she becomes your wife's sister. She's she's already usher to you. It doesn't it doesn't add anything, and she does not usher to more people. So back to the original question, which is, 
does Rav Yossi, how does Rav Yossi hold the Vissachal Isser? I thought he doesn't hold the Vissachal Isser. You know what the answer is? He doesn't hold the Vissachal Isser. He doesn't hold the Vissachal Isser. And the truth is, when he says you're Chayiv too, what he means is, it's, you should be punished for two Averis in Shemayim. Meaning, the truth is, the Gemara says inside, The truth is, Rabbi Yossi doesn't believe in Yisachal Isser. And really, you're only going to be punished for one Aver. Ah, he says, What he means is, in Shemayim, they are upset with you as if you live with two Arayas. What is that? What do I care? Meaning, you're not going to get punished any differently, you're not going to get a different Chatas, you're not going to get a different Misa. But in Shemayim, they're not happy. So what is, for what halachic nafkamina do I care that in Shemaim they're unhappy? So the Gemara says, um, yeah. When it comes to burying between Rishayim Gemurim, we're good? I think we're good. So the cover of Bain Rishayim Gemurim, it's it's all right, sorry. Right, we're just doing the daf. The cover of Bain Rishayim Gemurim. The, the, you now longer have to. You now the doctor's got to be a PCT. Oh, I hear you. Mm. Oh, that's not a oh, for, oh, for Israel oh. stuff, I got you. Ah, so the kavri ben The Gemara says the nafkamina is burying them. The halacha is that you're not allowed to bury a rasha next to a tzaddik, and even within rishaim, you're not allowed to bury a rasha gemura next to a non-rasha gemura. So if you have someone who lived with this woman. Although she's only, you're only going to be high of one in Shemayim, he lived with two arayas. So you can't bury him with someone that only lived with one erva because he's worse. That's what it means. I mean, it, it's zero halachic nafkamina except for that that you have to bury them amongst people that are equal in Rishoim. He's a bigger rasha than just living with an eshesish because he lived with two. I technically halachic was only one. It's my love a cost of kilu chayvstein. Okay, from here until the end of the Amid is very easy. It'll take us about two minutes. The Gemara says like this, This Shaila of Isachal Lisser is related to the following Machloikas. Now what we're going to do today is we're going to, we're going to mention a Machloikas that repeats itself three times. Very easy. And then tomorrow we'll see how it's related to the Shaila. But we're just going to see the Machloikas today. The Gemara says like this, I don't know yet. I hope so. The Gemara says, Zar Shashimish Bishabis. They have the following three situations. The first situation, situation number one, is you have a non-Kayin who serves in the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos. So the question is, how many Averis is he over? Is he over for, first of all, he's a Tsar, so he's not allowed to be serving in the Beis HaMikdash as a non-Kayin. The question is, is he also over for Chil Shabbos? Meaning, we know that Shabbos is mutter in the Beis HaMikdash. The question is, is Shabbos just mutter in the Beis HaMikdash for everyone, or Shabbos is only mutter for the Beis HaMikdash for Kehanim? If you're a non-Kayin, you'll be Chayiv for Shabbos and for a Tsar. So the Gemara speaks it up. The Gemara says, Machlok is number one. You have a non-Kayin who uh, burns a sacrifice in the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos. So, Rav Chia Amr Chayiv Shtayim, Bar Kapara, Amin Chayiv Alachas. It's Machlik Rav Chia and Bar Kapara. Rav Chia says Yechayiv two for Shabbos and for non-Kayin, serving the Beis HaMikdash. And Bar Kapara says only one, just for the non-Kayin. Shabbos is mutter. So the Gemara says, Kofetz Rav Chia v'Nishba. Rav Chia got up and he swore and he says, I swear, 
I heard from Rav Yudah Nasi that you chayiv to. So kafetzer bar kapora v'nishma avoid the kachshematim and Rav Yachas. He got up and he says, "I swore I only heard one." So the Gemara is going to talk, talk about tomorrow how that could be that in the same shear they heard two different things. Okay, and, and by the way, the Gemara in, in the Darim points out that this type of nether could be that you don't need a tarasadarim because they're both swearing because they're also confident. They're not swearing. They're not swearing that they're going to do. They're swearing based on what they believe, and they're very confident. It has halachic nafkaminus. So the Gemara says, so fine. So he says two, he says one. The Gemara speaks it out. Hischa Rivchi Eladon. Rivchi explained his opinion. Shabbos l'chol nesra. Shabbos is obviously not allowed. You're not allowed mechal Shabbos. Kusha hutra b'migdash. And we know that in the base of Mikdash, you are allowed to do the avod on Shabbos. Eitzel kaihanim hutra. L'kaihanim hutra v'loy lezarim. It was only mutter for kaihanim, for non-kaihanim. The Averis were never waived. So therefore, for a non-Kayan to serve in the base of Mikdash, he's Chayyim for the non-Kayan and for Shabbos. Yeshkan Mishum Zaris, Yeshkan Mishum Shabbos. His Chobar Kapar Lod, and Bar responded, he says, no, Shabbos Lachon Nasser, Kishuhutra, Be Mikdash Hutra. He says, no, Shabbos is Motor in the base of Mikdash. For everyone in the base of Mikdash is Motor. Ain Kanel Zaris. And therefore, the only Averis will be punished for a non-Kayan. That's Machlaikis number one. We're going to do two more Machlaikisim that are almost identical. The second one, Bal Mum Shashimish Betumah. Okay, you have a carbon seabar. We know that a carbon seabar, if the majority of Claudius or Lartame, you're allowed to bring the carbon in a state of Tuma. What if the Kayan that brought it in a state of Tuma was a Balmum? So the question is, he's definitely going to be over for bringing a carbon in a state of Balmum. The question is, is he also over for bringing in a state of Tuma? <coughs> the same Shiloh. When it was Mutter for Tuma, was it Hutra Chlal? Or was only Hutra for Kehanim Tamimim, Kehanim who could serve? The Gemara says, um, uh, Same thing. He says, when the Torah allows you to bring a carbon, a state of Toma, it only allows it for Kehanim who are Tamimim, who are healthy. Kehanim or Balimum are not allowed. Therefore, Yeshkamashum Balimum, Yeshkamashum. Tuma. Therefore, you're going to be chayv shdaim. You have tuma and you have bali mumin. Hischobar kapar laden. He says no. Tuma lechol nesra. Tuma is really generally yotzer kishuhutra b'migdash hutra, but it's allowed for a public carbon. This public carbon ain't kind of mishum bali mum. Therefore, you're not going to be punished for bringing a state of tuma. You're only going to be punished for bringing it as a bali mum. Last machlokes zar sheachal malika. You have the carbon chatas ha'oif. The chatas ha'oif was a bird chatas that they would slaughter by. They would pierce the neck with the fingernail. Now the question is, now Kehanim are allowed to eat this. Technically this is Nevela, right? It's not shechted properly. But the Torah allows for Kehanim to eat it. The question is, if a Yisrael eats it, so A, he's going to be punished because he's Yisrael. He's not allowed to be eating this carbon. It's a chatas eaten by Yisrael. But the question is, is he also going to be over Nevela? That's the question. It's the same thing. I heard from Rabbi Chayav Shtaim. Kavetz bar kapar v'nishma avoy the kashimatim Rabbi Achas. I heard one. His chal Rabbi Chayav He explained. Nevei l'chol nesar kishutra v'mikdash etzel kahanim hutra. L'kahanim hutra v'loy lezarim. So he says, listen, the Torah waved the Isser of Nevei Every time you eat a chatasayif, it's a Nevei but the Torah allows it. But the Torah only allowed it for kahanim. If Yisrael eats it, then you have the fact that he's eating a carbon, and you have the fact that it's Nevei the Torah allows this carbon to be eaten in a state of Nevela to everybody. The only one who. But the problem is, if you saw you now let eat a carbon chadas. Stop it. Wait one second.